What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal, all by authentically exploring the supernatural. I don't claim to know anything, guys. I just love talking about this every day and authentically exploring into these subjects. So welcome everybody. Tom Wade, how are you doing? Axeman, welcome. This is a live raw podcast. You can question, comment, prayer concern, challenge me, whatever you want to do. Uh, as long as you're nice and as long as you're here in love and light, we welcome people of all walks of life, faith, religion, orientation. This is a non-religious show. It's all about mysticism, spirituality, supernatural, the big what ifs, right? So that's what I'm here to do. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this today. Uh, we're going to be looking at some really deep existential questions. Razor, Wendy Mac, Dreamstar Oracle, how are you? User 42, uh, Censorship, how are you doing? Got my cup ready. Angel Appleseed says, Cub, great to see you live. Thank you, my friend. Going live a little bit later today than normal. My wife uh, came home under the weather quite a bit. Um, so she is. Uh, She's resting, and uh, I had a lot of stuff to do today. Haven't gotten near done what I wanted to do uh, really this week. It's been such a reality shift lately, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the reality shift going on. I want to talk about some of these uh, huge, huge questions that are going on in the world. I'm going to drop these in the chat. They're also in the description, but today I'm going to be reading from the Nag Hammadi Library, a.k.a. The Secret Book of John. The main questions, according to the text, are how was the Savior selected? Why was he sent into the world by his Father? Who is the Father who sent him? And what kind of eternal realm will we be going to? Um, now, again, when I said this is not religious, um, understand that we're going to look at this idea of a Savior um, both as a person and as a substance or a mindset or a consciousness or a reality shift. Um, so we're going to look at a bunch of different sides of this. And that's why I put this really psychedelic face on this side, because again, this is about just really expanding our view of consciousness here. And especially when you get into, uh, these Gnostic texts, these, uh, ancient Gnostic texts, you know, this one is all about, um, kind of spinning the mythology. This is one of the core mythological texts that come out of, uh, Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism was going on right after the time of Jesus. It was largely considered a heresy, and it was blotted out pretty quickly, never to really poke its head back up, other than really going underground into these kind of mystery societies. Um, you know, when you, you hear that term that Paul was persecuting Christians, uh, the better terminology for that, according to my research, would be Paul was persecuting Gnostics um, because, and really, you know, anybody with any kind of uh, mystical belief system. So, um, and then that's why I have my wild conspiracy that all of the Pauline theological books are actually his attempt or Rome's attempt to kind of skew the narrative and take the mysticism out of it, focus on the man that was not um, around anymore, you know, uh, because they crucified someone in the place of either the real, um, you know, Jesus himself or um, to really just 
put an end to the message, focus on the sacrifice rather than the actual message, which is the enlightening thing about, um, you know, if you look into any kind of Christian doctrine, and I'm not a professing Christian personally, but if you do look into that, then you find that, you know, the whole concept is largely mystical, yet the entire mechanism is all physical and it's all dogmatic about a person rather than an experience. And so that's where I began to question all that narrative when I was personally within the Christian church. And now that I'm largely deconstructed, Constantine, how are you doing, my friend? Alexander, how are you? Now that I'm largely deconstructed, I can approach this with a much more neutral base point. So now, again, don't sleep on today's episode, okay? This is, we are going to talk about aliens. We're going to talk about ancient Samaria. We're going to talk about all the mythologies. So don't let the title fool you today. This isn't about, you know, oh, the sad existential unaliving, you know, things in life, the fact that we're all going to expire at some point. That's not what today's about. This is the fact that this text literally lays out um, as the revealer appears to John in the secret book of John. And so the secret book of John starts out and it says the teaching of the savior and the revelation of the mysteries and the things hidden in silence, things he taught his student, John. Now, Again, you can look at this as a person taught another person, or you can look at this as a mythology of the higher self teaching the self, if you will. So however you choose to view it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'm not really particularly bent on any type of interpretation other than I want the gold for my soul, for my peace, for my inner understanding. And, you know, oftentimes when we try to attach a person and a place and a time to something, it really strips away the meaning for us because we begin to question, well, did that really happen? What's the actual historical evidence, blah, blah, blah. And that's why, you know, largely a lot of people call the Apocryphon of John a mythological text. You know, this is um, really uh, laying the groundwork for uh, what this savior essence looks like uh, because what we're going to get into here is the eternal realm. We're going to look at the one we're going to look at where this comes from. We're going to also realize that Jesus was not telling us to follow God. And this is a very interesting point. Probably should have titled today, you know, Jesus was telling us not to follow God. Um, but, you know, my marketing skills uh, are lacked when uh, I've got a busy day like I do today. And I'm just scrambling to get it actually out there for people. So... Um, so this is really interesting as we start. The revealer appears to John. One day when John and brother James, the sons of Zebedee, went up to the temple, it happened that a Pharisee named Armanios came upon him and said to him, where is your teacher whom you followed? I said to him, he has returned to the place from whence he came. The Pharisee said to me, the Nazarene has deceived you badly, filled your ears with lies, closed your minds, and turned you from the traditions of your parents. Boy, does that sound familiar. Guys, if I had a nickel for every time somebody told me that, um, you know, I'd be a few nickels richer, I'll tell you that. So um, it's interesting here that he's not saying, oh, he was unalive. No, he just returned to the place from whence he came. He's telling him, like, Jesus went home. He went back up. 
he's out of here. He's not in this reality anymore. And uh, of course, this is super confusing to this Pharisee. Um, then John hears this from the, the Pharisee about um, how he's turned from the traditions of his parents. When John heard this, he turned away from the temple. Um, and this says, when I, John, heard this, I turned away from the temple and went to the mountainous and barren place. I was distressed within, and I said, how was the Savior selected? Why was he sent into the world by his father? Who is his father who sent him? Into what kind of eternal realm shall we go? And he was saying, when he told us, this eternal realm to which you will go is modeled after the incorruptible realm. After the incorruptible realm. But he did not teach us what kind of realm this one is. So again, we've got um, very mystical types of teachings here. I mean, obviously the teachings of Jesus are largely mystical. But again, we, we often just trade in that mysticism for, well, we need to know. We need to know the time, the place all the details rather than understanding the essence of something right and holding it in our heart. So understanding Frank says, absolutely. Seeing that word so much these days, synchronicities. Yes, 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 my friend. Um, let's see. Uh, JT says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Hard to get around that one. Um, again, as we've talked about, it's not hard to get around that one at all, because if you've ever spoken with someone who's highly mystical or you've read any Buddhist text or Hindu text, this is not new language. Every yogi, every guru who had ascended highly was the way, the truth and the life for their students, for their um, apprentices or their mentees. Um, that was just how it was. However, in Judea, when Jesus was walking the earth, according to the text, they had never heard this language before. Okay, they were not, there was such a religious construct that had taken over. They didn't, they never heard anything like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They'd never heard that before. Um, but again, yogis had been saying that for millennia before, because um, if you study the ancient Vedic science, once you discover it, you're able to bring others with you. You're able to teach them and show them the way. Um, and he's also referring to the I am, I believe. You know, we're missing that little I am, which the Greek word there for I is ego. Am means exist, which means I exist. Um, I exist in the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Um, and so, again, you don't understand that. Yeah. Frank says, uh, gurus don't want to be worshiped. That would mean that they failed to teach what they teach. Exactly. Jesus never intended to be worshiped. Not, I do not believe that at all. There's no textual evidence for the idea that he wanted to be worshiped. All these effigies we have in churches and prayers to Jesus and all this stuff. And when he said, whatever, whatever you do, do in my name, um, he's not saying in his name, like Jesus or cub or whatever, or you know, Frank, you know, in the name of Frank, be gone, demon. You know, that's not what he was saying. He's saying in the essence of, in the identity of, um, to understand that. It's like a right that you have through, like in the name, in character of, to do it in, in how he was doing things. Again, we've got to look deeper into this text to understand what he was talking about. Because everything Jesus said was mystical. 
It was very much not literal. It was very mystical. It's very metaphysical. And then you have what the construct of the day was believing, which was literal sacrifice, a literal God that would come down in fire and smoke, the literal savior they were waiting on. Jesus was not, I don't believe was that literal savior. I believe he was the the metaphysical enlightener that came to enlighten humanity completely. Um, and then we've twisted it over 2000 years into Jesus worship when he never asked for that. So, um, and if anybody can find evidence where he asked for that, then you let me know because Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John read letters or what I'm talking about. He did not say anything, uh, that would remotely be that he should be worshiped. Now, I talked about his father glorifying him, but I believe, you know, the true source within us, you become a glorified individual when you ascend when you shift into a new reality um, and so all of these things again highly highly mystical so at that moment i was thinking about this look the heavens open all creation under heaven lit up and the world shook i was afraid and look i saw within the light a child standing by me as i was staring it seemed to be an elderly person so you got shape-shifting here, very psychedelic experience. Again, it changed in appearance to be a youth. Not that there were several figures before me. There was a figure with several forms within the light. These forms appeared through each other, and the figure had three forms. So that's super, super interesting. Again, it's, it's talking about um, a vision of something here, seeing something in the light, changing forms, the figure said to me, John, John, why are you doubting? Why are you afraid? Are you not familiar with this figure? Then do not be faint hearted. I am with you always. I am the father. I am the mother. I am the child. Now it's funny, guys. I've been saying this for a long time about my quantum God theory. Father, mother, child, which is energy as the father. Mother is the wave to receive and move that energy and the child is the particle. So you have energy, wave, and particle, all of which are manifesting around the light, right? Um, and our consciousness affects when we observe the thing, how the thing manifests, right? Uh, Dreamstar Oracle says, very Noah-esque in the Book of Enoch. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and see, that's how all this ties together. That's why I talk about Gnosticism. What is it? Tuesday, we're going to talk about Gnosticism. Tomorrow, we're probably going to be back on Sumerian mythology. Then I'm thinking Thursday, a cool book of Enoch. Um, and then Friday, probably do spiritual trivia again. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. So uh, there's a lot of stuff around this, guys. So um, you guys, like I said, if you have questions about this, drop those questions here. Uh, because this gets really, really deep, and I don't want to miss any questions before we get to the deep waters here. So uh, Kenny says, mystic deconstructed Jesus, devotee, truth and light. Revelation blast, take us into the truth and light. Kevin Pham, thank you, my friend. Only one who dwells and brings blessings from darkness and smoke requires worship and sacrifice of the flesh. Exactly, Kenny. Kenny knows what I'm talking about here. Appreciate you, brother. Melissa, how are you, my friend? Hey, soul fam, I hope you're having a beautiful day, Melissa. Um, so this is where we get into the deep waters. Let's get into the deep waters here. I am the father. I am the mother. I am the child. This, this entity that is showing as a child, as a mother and a father, 
three parts in the light, held together, bound with light, right? If you study quantum physics at all, you understand what this is talking about, because this is literally, you can extrapolate this directly into our, our known scientific traditions and back and forth, right? Um, it's pretty fascinating. I am the incorruptible and the undefiled one. Now I have come to teach you what is, what was, and what is to come, that you may understand what is invisible and what is visible, and to teach you about the unshakable race of perfect humankind. So now lift up your head that you might understand the things I shall teach you today, and you may relate them to your spiritual friends whom are from the unshakable race of perfect humankind. So I love this because this is not talking about, as we get into the Anunnaki stuff, it's not talking about a certain DNA. It's not talking about a certain breed. It's not talking about a certain bloodline. This is talking about your friends who are spiritual are of this race, okay? Are of this new man, the ascended man, the new humanity, the 5D brother and sisterhood, okay? So I hope you guys understand. A lot of people talk all the time about, oh, it's your genetics, it's your genetics. Do I believe that being spiritual affects your um, predispositions and changes the markers on your DNA? You better believe it. Um, can I prove that? Absolutely not. But the more I learn about things like that and the more I hear experts speak on it, um, I understand that your mindset controls everything. And so it would totally make sense if the genetic coding, the literal computer code of your body is changed and upgraded by your thoughts. Again, that's super pseudoscience, but I bet you in a thousand years that will be commonplace scientific understanding on how to actually manipulate and change your genetics. You will be programming your mind day and night. You'll be born into a better programming if we're actually able to build and ascend into a 5d earth and i want to talk about we're going to talk about dolores cannon today we're going to talk about timeline shifting <sighs> i gotta breathe because it's all tied together and there's so much value here guys there's so much value from this text that we're reading from everything we talk about on this podcast every single day by the way pump it up with some hearts you guys drop some roses um i appreciate you guys on TikTok. Be sure and share this on Facebook and on YouTube. Pump it up. Let's see if we can get to 10,000 likes on TikTok. Let's see how many likes we can get on Facebook as well. Because you guys know more people need to hear this. And it's not necessarily pushed out by the algorithm if we don't tell it to. Like if we don't say, hey, this is worth watching. So I really appreciate you guys. Pump it up. Thank you, Honeybee, for the roses. Thank you guys for the likes. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Chris, what's up, brother? Chris says, what about skinwalkers taking multiple forms? I watched one go from wolf to man. Yeah, Chris, um, and I watched that video. There's some really convincing video with that skinwalker changing. Um, you know, again, what is it that is causing this shape-shifting? Um, you know, is it observation? Is it agreement? Is it both? Is there something stuck in the matrix, something that's trying to manifest in the matrix that doesn't have authority to manifest? Think about this. It doesn't have authority to concretely manifest, yet it's trying to break into the matrix all the time. I call these matrix hackers, like uh, things like ghosts, apparitions, poltergeists, um, cryptids, skinwalkers. 
anything that's breaking into the matrix that doesn't have full authority to walk around with flesh and blood in the matrix and fully manifest that is what i call hacking into the matrix and i believe there's very real entities on the other side of the veil trying to do this all the time are they us are they our lower self our ego the darker desires within us doing this possibly if you get deep into gnosticism you see that all is connected and it's really all us at the end of the day even the different parts of it is still the parts of self and the parts of mind even the demiurge is still the darker desires within us it's still the concrete flesh um and then you get into the pleroma and that's like your higher self that's your um, higher understandings on the other side of the waters and so this is where esotericism comes in and gets super super deep so existential i wanted to uh read this as a philosophy it is concerned with existence especially human existence as viewed in the theories of existentialism um and then logic um is the existence of a thing the existence of a thing so when i say existential it's coming from the root word exist exist existential existential so think about that when we hear these questions what is going on in our minds um we know every mythology has a savior in it every single mythology from ancient mythology to modern mythology to movies and myths and legends there's always a hero there's always an anti-hero it's everywhere you can't get away from it so when i ask who was the, how was the savior selected or when this text asks this it's always the same question guys and that selection is always the same criteria i don't care i was watching the flash rap last night and the flash um there is the new one and there's a uh the female superman or superwoman in there and the way she's selected the way these l's are selected because remember they're all the gods right superman comes from the gods cal l uh zor l it's it's all the pantheons of the gods um oscar uh what's up man how are you doing oscar hope you're having a beautiful day brother um so what i wanted to get into about this is you know these l's when you look in like the dc universe especially around um the uh superman mythology again they're from another planet they're highly evolved yet they still have wars and there's still saviors selected from them what's up oscar how are you brother love you brother so there's still saviors selected in every age from all of these mythologies whether you're looking at marvel or dc or biblical or enochian or you're looking at gnostic or you're looking at sumerian babylonian akkadian doesn't matter there's always a savior character in that and that savior character is literally always selected the same way and so to answer this question we're going to read further into the text because as we get into this part of the secret book of John, and there's a reason this is a secret because you don't want to share this with your pastor because it might aggravate them or they might tell you, oh, it's not canon. Don't read it. Um, but this says if asked, I asked if I might understand this. So there's the first ticket for all of us there. If you want to know, ask, okay, just ask. You got to get to a point just like John did here. He was distressed within. He went to a private 
place. Okay, he went to the wilderness and to a mountain. He knew there was no one there. It's also where the gods hung out, right? Like we know that from all the mythologies. And he goes and he asks, might I understand this? And then it said to me, the one is a sovereign that has nothing over it. It is God and father of all. The invisible one that is over all, that is incorruptible, that is pure light, which no eye can gaze. The one is the invisible spirit, not an extraterrestrial God, not Enlil, not Enki, not Marduk, not any of these extraterrestrial deities. We're talking about a metaphysical force here. The one is an invisible spirit. We should not think of it as a God or like God, for it is greater than a God. That's why when I say the gods, people are like, there's only one God. Guys, people that say that don't have a clue what they're talking about. And I mean that nicely. I'm not not saying anything against people that say that other than it, it's ignorance. It comes from a place of ignorance because a God is something specific. Even if it's the most high God, it's still a problem because it's still a God. It's still a manifestation or a creation of something to do with the material realm. And when you get into Gnosticism, the material realm, everything you see within our cosmology of the cosmos, all the planets and stars and galaxies are all part of this problem. They're all part of the, the world of the demiurge, the physically agreed upon universe. It is that manifestation of the particle. It is slowed down in vibration and agreed upon a form. And as we see here, this is an invisible spirit, a formless spirit, not even a planet. The great gods are as great as this invisible spirit, this invisible force. We should not think of it as a god or like god or like a god, for it is greater than a god because it has nothing over it and no lord above it. It does not exist with anything inferior to it since everything exists within it alone. It is eternal since it does not need anything for it is absolutely complete. It has never lacked for anything in order to complete it. Rather, it is always absolutely complete in light. Complete in light. So that's the one. We're talking about the one here. And when people argue with me and they're like, you know, oh, you said the, you said gods. You know, I talk about the gods that created us, the Elohim, the council of Elohim. There's like seven main Anunnaki gods that genetically modified us to become in their image, right? That doesn't change the one. I can go and genetically modify something if I have the knowledge and tools, and that doesn't make me the one. That, might, that makes me a higher god than it, right? That makes me a creator god of it, but it doesn't make me the one. Do you see where I'm getting at with all of this, by the way? Do you understand? Um, and I say, do you understand? Because I'm asking myself in the back, the back of the class today, do we get it? Do we get it yet? Do we understand that God is the problem? Because everyone creates their own God. They're all physical manifestations. They're all imaginary manifestations of what we think the one is because that's what we're using to create them. The one is the thing we tap into, the I am, 
that actually makes us creator gods. Lizzie says, yep, absolutely. The very first commandment tells you uh, why isn't the only God. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You should have no other gods before me. Yeah, he didn't say he was the one above all. He didn't say he was the one, right? Um, Dream Star Oracle says, yes, but quote unquote, saving you from who? Our arch enemies usually start off as our closest friends. Exactly. And that's what I love about Gnosticism. It's all you. And if you read A Course in Miracles, it's all you. You are the God of the Old Testament. You are everything. You are the thief. You are the unaliver. You are the cheater. You are the savior. You are the light. You are the darkness. You are everything. And that's why it's so important to choose every day what energy we align ourselves with and what consciousness we create into. Chris says, very interesting. I like your opinion. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, Kenny says, support this uh, hardworking modern prophet. I appreciate you, my friend. I definitely don't claim to be a prophet whatsoever. Uh, if you're new to the channel or you're just watching this, um, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy with a magic microphone here, right? And I, I use the magic microphone every day to create into the reality that I want to see because I've got to start doing that. We all have to start doing that. Your path may not be with a microphone. Your path may be um, helping people locally. Your path might be just to heal your own trauma. And guys, if that's your path right now, there is no more godly thing you can do. And I say godly because the gods created their own destiny. The gods created us. The gods created the workable earth we live on, right? If you if you reference all the mythologies from Egyptian to Norse, to Babylonian. It's all about the gods creating the things, right? Yet we know from this text that the all is all things. And whatever you decide to create with it is up to you. That's why these games like Minecraft are so popular. You put yourself in the hot seat of a god and you begin to create. And then you realize, wait a minute, I can actually do that IRL or in the matrix and start reprogramming my matrix to look how I want it to. So as we continue the text, the one is illimitable since there is nothing before it to limit it. It is unfathomable since there is nothing before it to fathom it. It is immeasurable since there was nothing before it to measure it. Invisible since nothing has seen it. Eternal since it exists eternally unutterable since nothing could comprehend it to utter it unnameable since there is nothing before it to give it a name and guys i'm telling you i, I probably could have named this episode a whole lot better because i'm telling you guys the problem is the gods because you created them even the old testament even the biblical god if you understand what the one is, then you don't want to worship any gods. You can honor the gods just as you honor your father and mother, just as you honor your brother and sister. But you become a co-creator with the one, with the I am. Jesus said before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was I am. 
and remember what he was talking about talking about he was not talking about the yahweh character he's talking about because we got to remember the yahweh character became a character became a literal character the the hebrew god and this is nothing against the hebrew people or their cultural god but we have to understand what tulpa is here too and you start creating with this creative force of the i am and you create what you need and we remember the original thing that the tetragrammaton said was I will become what I will become, right? Okay. So if you look at what I am actually means, I will become is what it means. Thank you very much, Doxa. Doxa says a good guy with a gift of a voice. Thank you very much. The carnal, the carnal self of the Old Testament. Yes. Or the carnal self. You know, I, I like carnal too. So uh, Martin, what's up, brother? Martin, thank you for the gifts, my friend. I appreciate you. Um, this is the soup kitchen, y'all food to save souls, man. I love that dude. Thank you so much. You guys go check out. Let's all become heroes over on Facebook, um, at let's all become heroes, um, uh, on pretty much all other platforms. Um, Frank is an incredible guy. He was on my live yesterday. We did a fantastic episode spinning on all of these subjects yesterday and I wanted to just further it today with some actual textual evidence of what we're talking about here. Uh, whether you choose to believe this or not, it is still scripture, guys. We have to remember this is scripture. And uh, everyone likes to quote the scripture where Jesus uh, is talking about, you know, all uh, scripture is inspired of God. Actually, I don't even remember if Jesus said that. All, I'm going to look at it. All scripture is God breathed? Yeah, this is something people quote to me all the time. Yeah, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching. Okay, so settled, right? This is scripture. Um, so, you know, unless you're unless they're going to denote what is considered scripture, then we have to remember that all scripture is good for learning. It's good for us to understand what's going on. So we create our thoughts. Larry says, absolutely. Larry, what is up, my brother? Um, okay. So Austin says, there's only one God and the devil. Bro, uh, I was born a gift uh, from God. My third eye has been open since birth. Blah, blah, blah. Good for you, brother. Good for you, man. And remember what I'm talking about here and look into what I'm talking about, man, because I'm telling you, uh, you know, you can't make this stuff up. This is literal scripture that you can go look up. Um, it is ancient scripture. This is from the Nag Hammadi Library. This is um, most likely several thousand years old here. Uh, the Nag Hammadi Library is something that was most likely buried around the time of Jesus uh, when they were being persecuted. So this is very, very important scripture in my, my humble opinion. Um, again, that's just my opinion. But as this says, don't call the one a God. That's offensive. Don't give the one a name. That's offensive. That Because you can't. There's nothing to name it. It is above all the gods. In fact, it, it created the gods. It created even the cultural god of Yahweh or Baal or uh, Moloch. Or um, you've got the Sumerian gods, Enlil, Enki, Marduk. Anu even. Anu is still a guy sitting on a throne on a craft, according to these mythologies. 
Lost in the sauce says, what are we reading? We are reading the secret book of John, AKA the Apocryphon of John from the Nag Hammadi library. Fantastic book. Maybe one of the most important books to understanding what Christianity is supposed to be uh, or was originally intended to be, but got twisted from this message. And this is where I've always had these debates with people. People are like, no, there's only one God. Well, it depends on what culture you are. Because every culture only has one God. They have their most high God. And each one has a specific name. Each one is created in the image of what the people needed. And as we look at this, the one had no one to name it. It was here before all things. It's not limited. It's unfathomable. It's immeasurable. It's invisible. It's eternal. It's unutterable. And it's unnameable. So quit trying to name it. Quit trying to classify it. Quit trying to put it before other gods. It ain't even in the same category. Are we getting this yet? Are we getting this yet? If you're into spirituality at all, this might be one of the most important concepts you need to understand. And that's probably why I named it what I did today, because it's more of a sleeper title. It's not over-sensationalized. These are just existential questions that every human being will have to face sooner or later. The train agrees, Doxa says. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always question when people claim to have the truth, yet the mainstream, uh, yet that's the mainstream rhetoric. Exactly, exactly. And when people come to me and they say there's only one God and Jesus is his son, blah, blah, blah. There's 7.8 billion people that profess that, guys. Billions of people. It's the literal definition of mainstream. Yet when I was in the church, we always thought we were persecuted. Nobody believes in Jesus. Nobody believes this. You got to go teach more people about it. And then you get outside of that and you go, oh, my gosh, like literally most of the world has some sort of agreement with one of these Abrahamic traditions. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying I'm not saying leave your tradition. I'm just saying I'm deconstructed. I had to leave it because it couldn't answer the questions that I had. And so as a modern day ex-evangelical, if you will. I have to ask bigger questions now. Joffrey says, if you ask someone who they are, they mostly will answer with their name first. Let me tell you that your name is given by your parents. Uh, that is not who you are. Amen. Absolutely, Joffrey. Absolutely. Tara Edit says, um, now, nah, Cub, you're not just a man with a magic microphone. You're the spark that shines bright throughout the universe. You're fire that burns brightly within the dark without fear. You are a man of wisdom. Thank you so much. Please tell my wife that uh, just so she remembers you know, that she did marry a spark in the darkness. Um, if I tell her that, she might slap me. So, But I love that. Thank you, my friend. I'm humbled. Um, you guys know, um, you know, I used to have a big, big ego on me, like a huge ego. Um, I have spent the last, well, unwillingly spent the last several years watching that ego get chipped away at. And it wasn't until that ego was chipped away at enough that I actually had the guts to get up here and share with the world. And so this doesn't come out of ego, but I do appreciate the compliments. So thank you very much. Um, let's all become heroes, ref uh, replying to Austin. Uh, I can't imagine all the anxiety uh, that you're probably, yeah, absolutely, you're probably feeling. 
no fear, no fear, no fear. Um, yeah, and I, I can't even see all the comments, so I apologize. When you guys comment more than three or four lines, it just cuts it off on my, uh, and I can't bring it up on the screen. It just glitches it out because this is running through a software. So, um, but I did see the word "you're deceiving people." Uh, so here's the deal: Why is being honest and asking authentic questions that are based on legitimate mythological texts? And I say mythological because the Bible is mythological too. It contains some of the greatest mythologies ever told. Any biblical scholar will tell you that. Now, any church theologian will argue that it's only the truth, but a biblical scholar will actually tell you, yes, these, yes, the book of Genesis is coming out of Samaria, Akkadia. It's coming from these earlier mythologies that predate the biblical canon. Um, you've got a lot of times and dates that don't necessarily work with our historical understanding. Um, there's even some evidence now where they're trying to figure out where the Exodus, there's even evidence of that happening. So is that, again, an esoteric representation of, you know, the the flesh moving out of this area uh, where it was oppressed into a new land where it wouldn't be oppressed? Uh, because, again, we've got to remember that that group of people really represents, um, you know, the people that are under the lordship of that particular God. And again, this has nothing to do with the culture. This is all esoteric, meaning it has nothing to do with the history of it, nothing to do with the people, everything to do with the self. So that's what I, I want to disclaim that I'm not talking against any kind of people here. Uh, this is literally an esoteric translation of what we're looking at. So Angela, how are you? Angela says, hi, Cub. Appreciate you. Shorty Casper, how are you doing? You guys pump this up. I mean, we got to get this out on TikTok. TikTok has had me in the shadows, y'all, okay? I have posted videos that have gone legitimately viral, and I've watched hundreds of new followers come in. And for every new follower, and I'm not kidding, this is not conspiracy, I can show you the numbers on my TikTok account. For every couple of hundred new followers I would gain, I would lose a couple of hundred. And, you know, you can consider it that, like, there's accounts that fall off, I understand that, or people don't use them, or... They get deleted for one reason or another, uh, you know, because they're inactive. Like, I understand that. But I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, okay, the content that I make is not always pushed in the algorithm. So you, you're helping it get out there is huge, guys. The roses, I've got a goal for roses on here. And I want you guys to know this goal at the top on TikTok for the roses, this is literally only $10. It's only $10. And I have a goal, if I can make $10 on every platform I'm live on, then I can afford to feed my face and my wife and my dogs and pay my bills. Um, and by the way, most people, they go to their regular job and they make a lot more than that. And I spend all day preparing these episodes, all day making content. Um, I stress about this all the time. I love what I do, but I need your support. And like I said, it's only, so like back the truck up with the roses because those only cost you like a penny. So they're super, super affordable to drop a bunch of roses. And it pushes my videos out to the algorithm. So that's a big reason to do that. Same thing on Facebook, guys. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, these platforms, in lieu of just paying creators a lot of uh, ad revenue money, which they do pay me ad revenue money, but it's still not a lot, right? Uh, they do these things called virtual gifts. So the stars on Facebook 
there's these gifts on TikTok like the roses, the supers, which are super chats over in YouTube. Super chats are really easy. You can just pick how much monetary value you want to add, five bucks, a dollar, 10 bucks, whatever. Some people have done a hundred bucks uh, and you can do the super chat or the super thanks and it'll go directly to my account and it shows on that video. And every time I get a super on a video, that video gets bumped in the algorithm. Seemingly, I can't claim that, but it just seems to do really, really well. Um, so thank you guys for that. And then you can also tip on the podcast. Um, I don't, I'm not asking for money. I'm not begging for money. Um, I'm just telling you, I love what I do and I want to keep showing up and literally these gifts work with the platforms and that's how they want me to make money. Um, I have other options where you can go off platform. I'll share those later, but right now those are the best things you can do to pump my videos up because it helps me earn an income. And it tells the algorithms, Cub knows what he's doing. And how are you doing, my friends? The Cub man, absolutely. I hope you're having a beautiful day, my friends. Um, awesome. You say we are with 7.8 billion people when the Schumann residence is 7.8. Ooh, interesting. That's pretty interesting, Joffrey. Yeah, and that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. Um Let's all become heroes. Says, so proud of you, brother. It's hard to admit we are egos. Exactly, exactly. And the ego is not bad, but you should have the ego on a leash, guys. We got to put a leash on the ego, right? Um, Ashley rep replying to our brother earlier. Uh, I have peace that surpasses all understanding, and I'm a Jesus-loving witch. Strike your matches anytime, but I have my peace. Amen, my friend. Amen. That's what I love about our community. We've got so many different people here from so many different walks of life, guys. It's a beautiful community. Um, I love you all. Thank you so much. Thanks for the gifts, by the way. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you don't know how to gift, by the way, all you have to do is on TikTok, go in like you're going to comment, um, and then you can click on the gifts. It'll, um, it'll show the gift little section there. Same thing over on Facebook. It's right by the comment section there. So as you go to comment, you'll see the star icon or on TikTok, you'll see all the different gift options. So it's super easy to do. You can preload your account with a bunch of gifts, support myself and other creators through that. So we're going to jump back into the text here. Um, and this expounds more on what this one is. Again, we've, we've had a little bit of a debate here, which is always fun and always healthy as long as we're nice. Um, on what God is, right? What is the most high God? You know, is it my God? Is it your God? Is it their God? Is it a God we don't know about? Like, what is it, right? And as we get into these deeper texts, these more mystical texts, this uh, in the Apocryphon of John says, the one is the immeasurable light, pure, holy, immaculate. The one is unutterable and is perfect in incorruptibility. Not that it is part of perfection or blessedness or divinity. It is much greater. The one is not corporal and is not incorporeal. The one is not large and it is not small. It is impossible to say how much is it? What kind is it? For no one can understand it. The one is not among the things that exist but it is much greater, not that it is greater, rather as it is in itself. It is not part of the eternal realms or of time. 
So I'm going to stop there because I want to talk about this. So think about the eternal realms. Think about multidimensional. Think about uh, we're in the three-dimensional now. And if time is the fourth dimension, then what is the fifth dimension? Um, if you're in the fifth dimension, is time something that you can actually lay hands on or lay your being on? Can you literally time travel? Because if time is neither here nor there, if it's everything all at once, and it is a property of a fourth dimension, then what does that look like? Um, Angela says the fifth dimension is where our true selves are. Yes, absolutely. I also think that um, we have the ability to send into the higher dimensions. I observe seven dimensions personally. Um, and we got to remember if we can move just into our fifth, our fifth dimension, that's the voice, that's the voice box, that's the actual communication with the universe because we create as we speak abracadabra. And so remember the Aum, the ancient Aum in Hindu and Buddhist traditions, the Amen that you say at the end of a prayer. Um, Amen literally means truly, but it's more than truly. It's not like, yep, that's true. It just, it is truth. It's the only truth, right? And that's what Om is too, the ancient sound, the Om, the word, the logos of God. Um, it is that vibration that holds all things together. And so as you move into the fifth dimension, you become, I believe you become at a much higher frequency and you become actual sound substance. You become fluid uh, much like in the flash where he was able to phase and go through walls, uh, you are in essence a uh, disembodied. You have no need for a physical three-dimensional body. You're in a complete state of being a liquid or a sound-based substratum, uh, a fractal entity, if you will. Um, and so as wild as that may sound, uh, how do you shift Earth into 5D? So I believe you can shift Earth even in the three-dimensional can have access to higher dimensional realms. And that's where you get the Earth split that talks, uh, that like Dolores Cannon talks about, where you have a group of people, 1% of the population, 144,000 is, uh, you know, it's just 1% or less, right? 144,000 is a very small, very small part of our population. And if only 1% come together in agreement to raise the vibration of the planet, then we actually shift from a reality that's a dystopian reality to a utopian reality. Uh, does it mean that everything is perfect heaven on earth? No, it doesn't. It just means that the values that we hold true, like unity, love, light, acceptance, forgiveness, balance, justice, and I'm not talking about the justice system we have now. I'm talking about actual um, balancing things and actual second chances, actual help, for people mentally, physically, spiritually, all of these things that we have to pay these high prices for now, the uh, corporate system of greed that everything is built on. If we were able to strip all of that away just by changing our consciousness, you could actually affect the consciousness of others and they start going, wait a minute, this is total belief system or BS. Um, why am I interacting in this? Why don't I go do what I love? Why don't I, you know, deconstruct my life, restructure how my family lives, restructure how my job is, everything. I don't need all of this stuff. And what if we were to 
raise the consciousness all at once. You get less than 1% of people that are seriously meditating on this stuff, guys. Seriously sharing their voice every single day like I am here, guys. Okay? Every single day. To a fault. Like, I show up here whether I have, you know, 20 or 30 people on the live or whether we have a 1,000. Uh, and it seems like it's, you know, 20 or 30 more and more because this is, again, not a popular message for the powers that be to have going around because it creates unity. And I tell people, hey, that's fine if you want to believe in that dogmatically or think that I'm lying to people, but I still love you. And I have people come back to me and go, I don't understand how you handle people that way. How do you handle haters that way? And I'm like, it's just because I love people. Um now, is that easy? Like the more darker you get with people treating you? No, it's not easy, but there's always a test behind it. There's always a test. There's always the purification of my soul. There's always the purification of myself and keeping myself in that frequency, that 144,000 frequency, which remember is not just a bunch of good Christians. It is literally the 12 tribes of the earth. It is every tradition that is on this planet, like the main core 12 types of tribes that were original to this planet. And if you trace those back to the Anunnaki, it's the 12 genetic lines of the Anunnaki that they were creating. And if we all came together in that frequency of 144,000 people, that's all it takes. And I, did, I used to believe this wasn't a literal number, but it actually potentially could be because that's less than 1% and that's all it takes is less than 1% of people to really come together, meet with their minds, join communities together, join hands and consciousness, and start creating the 5D reality. And that's where you get an Earth split. One Earth continues to move on towards a dystopian nightmare built on corporate greed, built on failing systems of ecology, built on dwindling resources, and another decides, you know, enough is enough. Everyone has basic rights. Everyone should be able to live and not struggle and suffer. You shouldn't have to go sell your soul for 80 hours a week just to still buy bread and still be in debt and still not be able to afford or have to postpone your payments on certain necessities like a vehicle to get around or like lights and water at your house. Angela says, yes, absolutely. Frank says, you are radiant, Cub. Keep holding your light high. More will come. Thank you, my friend. Michelle says, uh, it's actually how the powers that operate, that be operate. Uh, why not beat them at their own game? Absolutely. And that's the thing. This is not like a literal war. This is not a literal, you know, rah, go to, you know, a lot of people get that, that attitude. Guys, I'm telling you that consciousness can do this because the 144,000 can't win alone. They are literally the antennae, the frequency. They are the ghost in the machine that will essentially infect the matrix with love and light. And if you think about it in that term, then more and more people catch that frequency and it takes over. That's, that is literally the cheat code. 144,000 people planted in the matrix raise the consciousness collectively at once together to fully awaken and quit being afraid. Stop being afraid of the church. Stop being afraid of the construct. Stop being afraid of yourself. Stop being afraid of being wrong and start loving people and showing up authentically. And if 144,000 people, 144, people 
did that today together. I promise you, people all around the world, whether they knew it or not, they don't even have to hear my podcast. They're just going to be out in their garden and go, I'm growing my own food. Why am I going to the store? What, what if I shared with the elderly woman down the street? What if I took care of her food bill because I have so much here because the earth gave forth? Well, what about all the poisons they're spraying everywhere? Well, stop using them. Start using thing, things like mycelium and good bugs like ladybugs. Start creating spaces to protect your plants from this, like little greenhouses, like coverings, like enclosed patios, whatever you have to do, right? These are tangible things we can do. And there are people all over the place doing this. Ashley says, if you think 1% isn't a threat to the system, then the smaller creators wouldn't be shadow banned. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. I'm just saying. And the more followers you get, the more people listen to you. That's why I show up here every day authentically. I'm not here to... Uh, encourage anyone. This isn't a riot. This isn't anything like that. This is just like, hey, you know what? Let's wake up. Let's grow our own food. Let's love each other. Let's take care of people in need. Let's clean up our local parks. Quit relying on the GVT to do everything. And let's do it ourselves. You got extra money to buy land? Buy some land. Donate it. Put it in trust, whatever. I don't know. I don't know all the legalities of that. Give away for future generations to enjoy and teach people how that was made possible. Angela says 1% of our population serves in the, uh, yeah, in the military. It's a powerful enough number. Absolutely. You reap what you sow. It's a principle. Sow good seeds. Um... Absolutely, Tommy. Absolutely. I can't say that word on the air, but yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Exactly. Exactly. I love that, Frank. I love that, Martin. Um, and then uh, Frank, what did Frank say? Too many people on the screen here. Okay. Frank says, no fear. Martin says, nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, why is this important, guys? Because the one is the head of all realms. It sustains them through its goodness. This is why the good is so important in Hinduism. It's not about the Savior. It's not about the Christ. It's about the good. And if you think about the good as Christ, as the Savior, it is the light of humanity. It is the love of humanity. If you don't think you have the Christ in you, I promise you, you do. It's there to awaken for everyone. It's already pre-programmed. Stephen says, I wonder how many of us are a part of the 144,000. Quite a bit, I'll tell you that. Quite a bit. Especially you guys that show up every day. And I don't mean that to just tickle tickle your ivories. I mean, you care about this, right? 750,000 followers worldwide. And right now we have 16 on TikTok. We've got 21 now on Facebook. I don't know how many on YouTube. And I know a lot more people will watch this. 
but you tell me why when we're getting into the truth sauce here, we're getting into this real stuff that requires personal activation and thoughts and feelings about existential crises. Why aren't there more people on? But I'm going to do an episode tomorrow and I'm going to talk about ancient aliens. And we're going to have another thousand people watching live. 500 at least. And then we'll probably have 10,000 watch before the end of the week. Which is great. I love that. But I don't always want to talk about aliens, guys. Because this is the realness. This is the realness. This is the truth sauce that you've got to have. You know why the sauce is so difficult? Because making a sauce, if you've ever made a sauce, a, a sauce can make or break a dish, okay? Can make or break a dinner. My wife is the queen of making sauces. She made a raspberry sauce for our chicken the other night. Guys, I got to tell you, it's some of the best. I had it on toast today. Um, it didn't taste like jelly or jam. It was an actual sauce. It had all the seeds of the raspberries in it. It was the right amount of tart. It was the right amount of sweet. It was the right amount of creamy. Everything about it was perfect. It wasn't just like melted down jelly or jam. This was a real sauce. It stood up just enough. It had the perfect color, the perfect viscosity, and it made that chicken. I made some really good chicken with a great herb rub on it, smoked them for four hours on the grill. Then we put that sauce on it, served it to family, and they were in love with it, guys. And that sauce took a lot of care to make it right. You got to simmer it, okay? Or you'll burn it. That's why there's less people watching today because I stupidly named this episode Existential Questions Everyone Must Face Eventually. You know why the 144,000 are on right now or maybe a handful of them? Because you guys are still watching this even though the title sucks, even though the delivery sucks today. And even though the truth planted in this it's still hard to understand because you don't get it until you get it. And I don't even fully get it, guys. I'm not some guru that knows this is it. This is a secret. I'm just saying, I've been saying for a while, father, mother, child, three in one, the true Holy Trinity. And now I'm talking about the goodness here. And now I'm talking about the unnameable, the one. We call it source in our community, by the way. We meet every single week, you guys. If you've never joined one of our meetups, I highly encourage you to. If you love what I'm doing and you want to support this, please consider joining our Mythos Insider community. You can join over at www.cubkuker.com. It's still only seven bucks a month because I've been so busy, guys. I don't understand how to even get everything done during a day. I do this full time and I currently work 12 hours a day. I'm looking to make things easier for myself. I'm looking to put things on autopilot. I haven't figured out a way to do it. This still requires deep study, deep thought, deep meditation. I pour my soul out every day. And when I get views, I'm excited. When I don't get views, it really sucks. This takes a lot every single day. And if you guys want to support that beyond the stars and the hearts and the rainbows and the roses and all of that stuff, you can join as a monthly member over there for only seven bucks a month. You'll access my insider content, the private community, virtual meetups, and more. As an inside member, you'll enjoy privileged access to bonus insider content that takes you deeper into the concepts that I talk about every single day. You also get private community access where you can connect with like-minded seekers away from social media 
in a safe space experience. It's a family-friendly safe space experience over there. Our virtual meetups allow you to share your questions and knowledge and connect deeper with myself as well as other members on a Zoom-style group call every single week. So please don't miss out on the opportunity. You get to support my content and go deeper into your exploration of the supernatural with myself and others. All you have to do to join, guys, is you can scan this QR code right here. Join. We've got a ton of other members over there ready to welcome you. I will personally welcome you. Click on this join for only seven bucks a month. You can pay with card, Google Pay, Apple Pay. Um, I think we even have uh, PayPal built into it now if you have PayPal connected. All you got to do is that. Boom. It's like the easiest thing. One-click activation. You're done. It's super, super easy. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your support. It means the world to me. And every time I get a new member, it's just exciting for me. Uh, I celebrate. I tell my wife, we got a new member. And guys, we got like, I don't know, I, like the last 24 hours, we had like five or six new members. So it's been an exciting 24 hours. I'm very excited about that. Uh, not a lot of people get excited about $7. I do, okay? Because it's not just the money here. Uh, it's the continuing of my mission. It's the support of my mission. It's the energy coming in. And it's the hype that I get every time I know people are understanding what I'm talking about and being real with themselves that, hey, I want to know what the 144,000 are. I want to explore my own mythos. I want to explore these mythologies. I want to meet with like-minded people. I want to raise the consciousness. That is exciting for me, guys. So I, I push this every single day. Um, it's probably good that the platforms don't pay me you know, a livable wage because if they did, I might not have this community. I might just show up here every day, get paid from that and be done with it. But having this gives me a tangible way to give back to. It's not just like, hey, support me and get a shout out. It's a real connection that we have. And I really appreciate your support with that. And uh, don't miss out. Like, don't wait another day. The people that join are like super, super pumped to join. Um, you get to share about yourself if you're comfortable. If you're not, you can just kind of watch the community, uh, watch what we talk about, get involved in the, the calls. You don't even have to turn your camera on if you're not comfortable with it. We've got people that just do the audio of that, and that's totally fine. Uh, but then you also get the extra content, which is a fantastic thing. So the Apocryphon of John finishes up here before we get into the next section, which is Barbello appears, and we'll get into that at a later time. But for now, we're talking about the one. And then it says, we would not know what is ineffable. We would not understand what is immeasurable were it not for what has come from the Father. This is the one that is told these things to us alone. So I think this is beautiful, guys. I don't know about y'all, but I want to look at this. Here's how do you describe God? What what the the truth about God is, right? The the actual God that like Jesus talks about and all the mystics talk about. The thing when you're like, oh, God is all knowing, God is everywhere, God is all pervading, blah, 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 right? Like we know that that's what most people think. Like, what is God? Oh, he's everywhere, right? But then if you if you really ask especially, you know, people that are within the church, what is God? They're going to explain all the Old Testament things about God and, you know, how we need forgiveness from him, blah, 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 all this stuff. But if you just look at this and realize it's not God, it's the one we should be yoked with. 
because God is subjective to what culture you come from, how you were raised, what your thoughts about God are, and an entire pantheon of characteristics built around human characteristics. And that's a huge, huge reason to stop chasing after God and start trying to unify yourself with the one. And that's what I teach and preach here, guys. So here are the explanations of the one. Illimitable, unfathomable, immeasurable, invisible, eternal, unutterable, and unnameable. So the next time someone starts trying to debate you on who or what God is, all you have to do is say, God is unnameable. God is immutable. God is ineffable. God is invisible. God is eternal. God is unnameable, illimitable, unmeasurable. That'll stump people real quick. God requires it. No, God doesn't require anything. Your God might. God's perfect and he requires sacrifice. I was told this the other day. Blood has to be spilled for perfection to receive the truth of God, to be able to approach God. No, I'm good enough. I'm good enough because I agree I'm good enough. I'm good enough because I'm loved, because I was loved first before anything, before I ever sinned, I was loved. And if I just get in that frequency of love, that's the Christ. That's the saving oil. That's the anointing oil. That's the saving grace. Agreement. Stop trying to name him. Start trying to create through him, through her, through it. Christos oil, sacred secretion, third eye, crown chakra, kingdom of heaven. Absolutely, Frank. Absolutely. Frank says, let's plan a retreat, Cub. Dude, I'm totally down. I have some goals as soon as this community hits those goals. I am going to purchase a place. I already have places, and it's not even that much. I'm going to buy some land, most likely in New Mexico, for us to camp on so we can have our own little retreat place. It's going to happen. Why do I want to do it that way? Because I don't want to deal with renting a place and all the stuff. I want I want to have a good old-fashioned camp out, and I want to have some woods that we know is a part of what we're doing here that's blessed for that, that has the energy for that. No communes or anything weird like that. Just good old-fashioned campouts with a bunch of great people that love each other, that want to meet. And we're going to do it. That's my plan next year. So literally, like everyone that helps out with what I'm doing here. We still have several hundred members to go before I can activate on that. But as soon as we hit those numbers, I'm in action. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Absolutely. Martin, Martin on guitar. I don't know why I feel like you play guitar, Martin. I just feel like you probably do. You just seem like the, the pastor with a guitar. And I bet you Frank play. Frank's probably a drummer. Actually, I know Frank plays guitar, but I bet Frank is great on a djembe. Martin says I did it a long time. Absolutely. Frank says Martin's bringing the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Martin will bring the Captain Spaulding uh, makeup. 
Truly love you all from the bottom of my heart of hearts, Dreamstar Oracle says. Absolutely, my friend. And I want you guys to know how rare what we're doing here is, okay? The level of judgment that people get leaving a religious construction is nothing to joke about. It is devastating, okay? People are awful okay you think that you know people that rant and rave about you got to do this and you're going to he double toothpick and blah blah you think that's bad while you're in the church or if you're not even involved with it try actually leaving that construct and watch what happens oh i love that martin emptiness dancing as form absolutely so ashley and i I think Monday, I think Ashley Monday, um, are going to be going live together. I'm going to be going live with a lot more people in our community. Then the next Monday, Martin and I are going to be going live. But this coming Monday, uh, yeah, she says Monday is cool. Great. We're going to talk about deconstruction and we're going to talk about the importance of this. Ashley loves this community for a reason. I love this community for a reason. Martin loves this community for a reason. Uh, Frank loves this community for a reason. Frank's about to be in the community, officially. Uh, Stephen loves this community. Melissa loves this community. Uh, Tommy just joined the community. Thank you, my brother. Um, and here, there's a reason, guys, because it's not easy out there. And when I say that we literally have Christian witches in here, or at least Jesus-following witches... I'm not joking. And Ashley's not the only one. Um, a lot of people have called me a witch. A lot of people have called me mystic or new age or whatever. And that's fine. I, I really don't care. And it's probably a good descriptor, right? But it's always set in hate towards me. And that's the problem. Angela's, Angela, yeah, Angela's part of the community. Angela loves this community. Um, Deconstruction might be the most important thing you do for yourself. And it doesn't mean that you're kid rocking the church, you know, and that you're walking away from it. It means that you're deconstructing it and you're going, why this and this and this, when this says this and this and this, you're going to deconstruct. You're taking apart piece by piece your belief systems and what you've been told and taught. We can do that in love and light. I do it every single day here. We love all walks of life, faith, traditions, religions, all the stuff, guys. And there is no reason it has to be done in any kind of malice or hate or distaste for anyone or looking down on anyone. People that still go to the church and do the church thing, I have no issue with that. They're on their walk. They're on their journey. My task is to raise my vibration to love myself, to love my neighbor as myself. Can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself first. And it's really hard to love yourself when you believe you're a dirty, good-for-nothing, rotten sinner who's going to H-E double toothpick if there's not some sort of hemophiliac exchange for your soul, a.k.a. the blood of Christ. Edward says, Cub, you're the man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate that. 
Uh, yeah, Tommy, new member. Absolutely, brother. Really happy to have you on board, my friend. Hope you can join on Saturday on the call. The calls are fantastic, guys. Uh, even if you just want to stop by and say hi, we love to meet each other. It just creates a much deeper connection with, with the message that we have. Um, love to meet you, my friends, uh, officially on the call. Uh, I think I may have missed one or two live meetups in almost a year. I love it. Melissa says, absolutely. Steven says, my God is the God of love. Absolutely. I love that, my friend. I love that. Um, let's see. Austin says that he has communicated with aliens telepathically. Good for you, my friend. Good for you. Um, and we got to remember the book of Revelation. If you're going to quote Revelation, Revelation is an extraterrestrial prophecy. Everything within Revelation is this like most people believe it's this literal fire and brimstone into the world. New Jerusalem's a literal spaceship that comes down over the earth. Um, and if you take it esoterically, then you probably understand the message I'm talking about today with the Apocryphon of John. Truth training for confirmation here, by the way. Uh, Shelton says, first time and I'm locked in. Shelton, thank you, my friend. I really hope you consider joining. Um, seriously. And by the way, if you don't like it for any reason, uh, you can cancel anytime. So like you're totally in charge of it. Um, there's no like long-term whatever. It's just, and that's what I love about that is people get in, as you've seen, been here over a year now. I mean, it's like, it's just this thing that you're like, well, why haven't I done this before? And, uh, it's the thing you didn't know you needed. Right. Um, and I always tell people go tithe to a church and then pay my $7 a month to be our mythos membership and tell me what you get more value from. Right. So anyway, we'd love to have you, my friends. Uh, glad that you're locked in. That is awesome. Um, and, uh, I will welcome you over there today. Just scan that code. Uh, if you decide to join Jesus loving, witch right here, Teresa says, absolutely. Um, so anyway, yeah, book of revelation, we'll get into revelation too, a lot more, um, on what it is, what it isn't, what it might be. I'm a big fan of revelation being like the seven chakras. Frank and I talked about that a little bit. I did a whole series on that. Uh, I think there's a lot to that. It lines up really, really well. Um, I also think we can manifest all of these things physically in our reality. I think we vastly underestimate the manifesting power of each man, woman, and child on this planet. And the more people you get together in agreement of how a thing is supposed to be, look, feel, and exist, you just lay waste to any other construct, right? And that's why when you have 7 billion people believing a bunch of this stuff and arguing with me, it's because of the programming, right? And you have to, why do you have to deprogram to come to this understanding? Because it's the only neutral understanding that I've found in my life that takes into account all datas, all datums, all data points. Let's look at all of it. Let's lay it all out there. By the way, we got a few more minutes, guys, 10 more minutes. I want to take your questions. So please drop your questions. Let's finish with some strong notes here. Uh, we're at 7.7 thousand likes on TikTok. Pump that up, guys. Just like double finger it. Get a bunch of hearts going. I really, really appreciate it. And we're getting close to our roses goal. So back the truck up. Drop some roses. We're close to our stars goal as well. Drop some stars on Facebook. And I haven't seen a super chat come through yet. So if you're watching on YouTube, please consider dropping a super chat. That really helps the video perform well over there too. Uh, Frank says, Cub, real quick, El Elyon and Anu, same Godhead. 
Yes, I fully believe that's the same Godhead. Absolutely. Because you have El Elyon, Baal, and Yahweh are most likely brothers in that pantheon, according to a lot of different um, research I've done. And then you have Anu, and then Enlil, and Enki, our brothers. So, I mean, it's it's literally the same extrapolated different times and places, but it's essentially the same pantheons repeated over and over and over. Canaanite pantheon is a great place to go to see the 70 sons of El under El Elyon, okay? Very, very, very important to understand those, especially when reading the Anunnaki mythologies. Why am I sprung on the Anunnaki mythologies? Because they're much older than the biblical canon. Doesn't mean they're true because they're old. No, but it gives us context as to where the biblical canon came from. And if you're going to say the biblical canon is the only truth, then why would you say that if there's a much older pantheon that proves that that was the source material for let things like the book of Genesis? So we've got to ask those questions, right? In a very honest, authentic way um, and be okay with the answer, right? Like that's the biggest part of deconstruction. We have to be okay with the answer. Even if it's not what we thought was true or what we held to be true, um, then we have to agree that it won't threaten us or threaten our salvation in any kind of weird way if we find that we've been incorrect about our understanding or our belief system. Exactly. Ashley says it's Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades too. Okay, and I like that because uh, Enki is the, the god of the water, right? He moved out into the marshlands. Poseidon is obviously water. Zeus is the sky daddy. You got Anu being the sky daddy. You got uh, you know Yahweh, uh, or excuse me, El Elyon is the sky daddy. Um, and then Hades, the underworld. Um, and this is where the underworld gets twisted in a lot of the different pantheons. Some of them, it's literally underground. Some of them, it's actually Earth. So like in the Anunnaki pantheon, there's no underworld. It's just like, I mean, there's, they talk about it a little bit, but not near like you get within the Hebrew mythology or the Greek mythology. The Greek mythology is like full of underworld, like Hades, like literally being the place of the unalived. But that's literally just this Earth and a lot of other pantheons. It's, it's the rock face of our Earth. Then you have the water, so you have earth, water, and sky. That's literally the triad in a lot of these different pantheons. So Dreamstar Oracle says also Zeus Zeus wasn't the firstborn and stole that birthright. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I almost did Lost Book of Anki today, um, but I've got to learn uh, more. Or not Lost Book of Anki. It's uh, the Anki in the New World Order. Um, it's pretty interesting this is uh from what i can find it was written around 2000 bc um in clay um it, on one of the cuneiform tablets and it's really weird because it talks about like anki was given the rights by his brother enlil to rule over the earth um and, he, and then he was it was pretty proud sounding Enki with a lot of this. And so it's a bit different than what I've read before. So I had to slow down and stop because it had some Yahweh vibes, even with Enki. And it makes me wonder if Yahweh wasn't just adopted from all these different characteristics to say, yeah, Yahweh is the most high because he does everything that all these other gods do and more, right? He's like the Swiss army knife of gods, right? 
Um, and so that was really where I had to start questioning what, you know, what am I really looking at here? Um, but we're going to read more of that. Uh, that's part of why my process takes so darn long. I have to research stuff, guys. I don't just come to you guys with wild theories. I show you the text. What's Billy Carson say? We got the receipts, right? Like, I want to show you where I actually found this. And that's important. So no king bows to another king without being forced. Loki was adopted too. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dream star. Ashley, Ashley knows her stuff. Probably should just do a mythology episode with Ashley. But we may spin it around deconstructing mythologies or something like that. Because you just have such a wealth of knowledge with that. Um, Doxa says, could Jesus be Marduk? I don't know. I think what I'm coming to understand, guys. Um, yeah, Dream Star Oracle says, Pantheon chills. I'm so uh, invested. Yeah, absolutely. And I am too. I, I'm just still plugging. I'm I'm really obsessed with the Anunnaki mythology. So that and biblical mythologies are my, that's my bread and butter. I love all the other ones, but there's so many things to learn. I try to know just enough to make the connections and then leave it to the other experts. Ashley, you know, Nordic mythology, Ashley knows so much about that. And I, I should, because that's my descent, but I just don't, because uh, it's not like what God has put on my heart for my, my life's work, which is actually really resting in the cradle of civilization. Where did humanity come from? Who are the gods? What's the nature of reality? kind of these supernatural questions that stem from the Anunnaki mythologies um, and understanding how all that fits together. So not saying I'm right, just want to authentically explore it with the right questions and get better questions. So Doxa, that's a great question. Could Jesus be Marduk? Um, you know, if you look at that of like Jesus being the son of God or the son of Anu, this type of view, then, then, yeah, that like actually fits the archetypical. But Marduk was really questionable with a lot of his decisions. Uh, very heavy handed and kind of the best and worst of the gods within him. So when it comes to Jesus, here's how I really understand Jesus. There's two sides to him that I understand. One, he never existed and he is this completely mental, mythological archetype that is the only archetype that saves humanity. It's literally the only mindset that saves humanity. That is Jesus A for me. That's how I try to think of him as a very real entity. Then Jesus B, I think of him as he manifests here. Um, he was literally um, an incarnation of the divine, right? Just like when Buddha came back like uh, the light body manifesting. He was a mystical experience here. I mean, why is it that he was missing for 18 years and all we have is like this, these random stories of when he was a kid, right? Um, are those true? I don't know, because it's other people's opinions. If you read the Gnostic Gospels, which a lot of people think are closer to what he actually said, including myself, there's no record of him ever even being a kid. He's just an adult mystic who's challenging every religious standard of his day, place, and time. And that's it. 
right? And then it's the it's the perfect mindset of how do you break the matrix? How do you break free from it? How do you plant uh, your code, which is divine code as a co-creator of the I am, the spiritual, mystical, metaphysical experience? How do you plant that in the system and be a ghost in the machine? Angela says, I think he was both A and B. Absolutely. Yeah. So that would be C then. There's the other theory, you know, if all of the literal stories of him are true, I know I'm sitting like a, like a teenager today. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know. I've been uncomfortable all day. There's something in the sky, by the way. I took pictures of it last night. I'm going to go back out tonight at seven. My wife is really sick today too. And it all sounds like ascension symptoms to me, by the way. She's had a migraine all day to the point of throwing up when she got home. Not that everyone now knows that my wife is sick. Pray for her. Not trying to expose her or anything, but we're looking at this thing in the sky last night, guys. It's been there for several nights in a row, and I got people reporting that it's happening in the morning. People reporting that they're seeing it as far as Waco. Then I got reports of it happening all the way up in the north in the morning. And that, I don't know, and you can see my video I posted yesterday. It looks like a comet or an asteroid. I think it's an asteroid. That's just my theory. There is no way it's a weather balloon. It's been there too many days. I know weather balloons can last quite a while, but it's been there a lot of days. Um, and I've never seen a satellite this bright. When I say it's bright, if you were to take a mirror the size of Texas and send it up into orbit and shine it directly at my face, this is how bright this thing was last night. Maybe not the size of Texas, maybe the size of, we'll say, the top of Texas. That little top hat, that's where I live. And you hung it up in our orbit and shined it directly at my face. I mean, this thing looked like a mini sun. And I'm not kidding. It's, it, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've seen weather balloons. They're pretty bright. But this was like, I'm looking at it and it's almost flickering. And it's like, I couldn't see any definition. It was so bright. So I'm going to go back out and look at it again tonight. See if I can get some better pictures or video. We'll see what the iPhone can do. Good luck with that. I've got a friend with a telescope. Frank says, is it Nibiru? If it were Nibiru, I don't think it would fade out at dusk. That's the thing. Whatever it is, is clearly in our orbit. And if it's an asteroid, why is it reflecting? Like bright, white, hot light. You can almost feel it on your face. And, I, and, and maybe it was my mind, but... I rolled down the window of the car and I'm looking at it and it just felt like the sun on my face. And it, it even seemed to change the lighting of the landscape to some degree. So what's happening? I don't know. Is it consciousness? Is it an actual sign? Is there a shift? Is it the earth splitting off? I don't know. Is it just a weather balloon that's been there forever? Is it a satellite? Is it something in Earth's orbit? Is it an anomaly or some sort of gas? I don't know. Is it something that one of these Elon type guys shot up in the atmosphere? 
didn't tell anybody. I don't know. But I do find it really interesting. I'm going to keep looking tonight. And that's part of the nature of what we're doing here. It's all about consciousness. It's all about awareness. It's all about what is really going on. And it's all about doing our best not to perpetuate wild conspiracy theories. Because I'm here to tell you, I don't know. And I'm not saying it's some whatever government thing out to get us. It's not that. It's just there's something weird up there. Look up. Ask the question. Think about it and get more data to try to figure it out. If it's a weather balloon, I'll be the first to admit it, but I want to see that it's a weather balloon. We got telescopes. Show me it's a weather balloon. Frank says it's New Jerusalem. Dude, it could be. I, I know, right? You might see that coming from miles away as it slowly descends. It could literally, yeah, if it's a, a spacecraft, that's what it could look like. A small, bright dot. It had rainbow characteristics to it, too. That was what was weird. And I'm not making that up. That It was like, at one point it was green. At one point it was blue. At one point it was yellow and red. And like just these flickery. It had very weird characteristics to it. Again, not like a weather balloon I've seen. Now, if it had some sort of iridescent foil, maybe. But anyway. And Austin, I'm glad you're born with a divine gift, man. You're in the right place, actually. If you want to talk more, we'd love to have you in the community, my friend. Uh, that's one of the things we specialize in here, helping people find, develop, use, and perpetuate their spiritual gifts um, in a way that is done in love and light. So that's one thing I can help teach you, my friend, uh, rather than arguing or trying to prove your point. Uh, I can teach you how to make friends, how to be love and light, how to use your gifts for the good of humanity, and ultimately not try to pass judgment on other people. And so that's a big part of what I do here. Um, and I mean that in all love. Uh, Hexkin says fruits of the spirit, Holy Spirit, Native Americans, great spirit. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's all become heroes. Saw it leaving work, um, which happens to be Area 52. Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely, Austin. If you have your own channel, I'd love to check it out. I'd love to hear your experiences. So um, I do, since I'm inviting you, you're welcome to share your channel here. I don't like it when people come in and just try to send people to their live stream like the other day. But you're welcome to share your channel here. If you have a message, of course, I'd love to hear it. I know other people would, too. We're here to support each other. So that's the thing. You'll have more support here, you know, than anywhere else you go, my friend. I, I've built that into what I'm doing here. Everybody in our community knows to support other people in our community. So have I watched Free Guy? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I love Free Guy. Uh, hilarious and very accurate, I think, to the reality that we live in. Ashley says, yes, or he really did come straight from heaven and why not from a womb, unpopular viewpoint, but it makes some sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, if he came from a womb, I definitely see it as artificial insemination, which is literally like an extraterrestrial planting, you know, abducted Mary and then, you know, she became magically pregnant, right? Um, so that's how I see that would have had to go down. It's an extraterrestrial intervention to plant that kind of perfect genetic line. And by perfect, I mean the one of the light workers, like the Anki line, uh, the one that actually cared about humanity, replant that on the earth. And then that one woke up and realized all these true mysteries about reality and the nature of God and self 
and all these things and realized that what, what they were teaching was absolutely, let's just be honest, guys, it's pretty demonic when you have to unalive something else in your place, whether it's a human or an animal, like who said that? How is that built into existence? Why is it that you even have to take a life to eat, right? You know, that's where a lot of people are vegetarians. One of these days, I'll probably be a vegetarian. I haven't weaned myself off of my 37 years of programming living in barbecue country. And I still love barbecue. So it's, it's hard to, it's a hard to, thing to quit, right? Um, I quit cigarettes, but still can't quit barbecue. So, um, so that's kind of, you know, just think about that. Like, why is that the exchange that we have in life rather than, you know, everything we need comes from the ground and all other things are here uh, to live in harmony with us and, and be able to help our lives be bettered and it doesn't mean we have to take other lives. Like, why is that the thing, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 a good question I have. And maybe one of these days when I become a successful vegetarian, I plan on it. I will have to live in an area where I can grow my own food and have more access to vegetarian-type meals, uh, which is certainly not where I am now. Nothing against where I am now, but there are other more hippie um infused areas that are going to have more of that type of culture. So, you know, it's all about what do you want? How do you want to design your life? So, um, yeah, truly seeking said it was here in Missouri too. So <clears throat> Chris says, I see two of those here tonight in Utah. That's crazy. Uh, it's not unexpected where I work. Yeah. And this was so weird. It wasn't like a UFO flying in our atmosphere. It was almost something in orbit. And it kind of did, you know, this and went down almost. But then apparently it comes back night after night. And I'm like looking at this thing and people are like, oh, yeah, it's been around several nights. And I'm like, where where was I? Like, I didn't see this. We got a text last night from one of my wife's friends saying, you got to look. It's off to the southwest. There's a UFO. And it's like, okay. And we're looking. We're like, it's not a UFO. That's, that's way up there. And it's big, whatever it is. It was big. Uh, big enough to look, it looked like Venus, you know, how Venus is so bright in the sky, like out in the Southwest. And I get the star charts out and it was not Venus. So that was another thing. I was immediately like, what planet is that? What sign is that? And I'm like looking and uh, nothing on the star charts. So I don't know. Tried it on my wife's phone, my phone, different apps. Could not figure out if it was a star or a planet. Nothing was coming up on the star charts. It was actually down below the knee of Virgo. So, um, and I posted that on my video too. So I don't know what that is. Some people said it's the comet that's supposed to be birthing out of Virgo, like the child is what it's called. I can't find a lot of information on that. And then what I did, it said that, you know, you might be able to see it in the wee hours of the morning. It didn't say anything about it lighting up like a flare in the sky for two to three hours every night. Uh, and twinkling. Yeah. Planets don't twinkle or change colors. Uh, and it's been driving me wild. Yeah. So, and I swear there's like a conscious effect of whatever this thing is. And maybe it's just me. I've been like a buzz. My wife is really sick today. Uh, the dogs have been super lethargic and they were on high alert last night when we were looking at it. So I don't know. To me, there's something, I don't know. If it's a weather balloon, it's the world's longest lasting weather balloon. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a new patent for all I know. 
truly seeking says I thought it was a planet too. So anyway, I love you guys. Uh, we've been on for over 90 minutes now, but I promise you guys the best live streams talking about the supernatural may not be the best, but at least they're authentic. And at least I go for it. Trying not to just stop after an hour. I want to get the conversation in and oftentimes it takes a while to get that going. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. Please consider joining over as a mythos member support directly what I'm doing here meet the community, get access to my secret channel over there and join our virtual meetups on our Zoom calls every single weekend. We would love to have you. I love you guys. Thank you so, so much. Keep exploring your own consciousness, explore your reality, ask the big questions and get better questions, guys. Uh, nobody knows. I just remind us all, all the time. Nobody knows. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. And by the way, if reality is purely subjective to our point of view, then literally nobody knows because everybody lives in their own world. So arguing is a moot point. Let's agree. Let's love each other. Let's have some fun with reality. It's ours. Let's make it ours. I love you guys. Have a beautiful day. God bless you. Peace. And I will see you tomorrow.